Nerd Soul. Yeah. Lay ill kid at one year still holding down, bringing their street geek and nerd soul. Like, comment, subscribe, hit the bell. Let's go. Cause we got so taku, y'all. And we jumping straight into it. I ain't gonna waste your time. I ain't gonna take nothing from y'all. I ain't gonna do nothing wrong like that. We gonna talk straight up about Animusha. <sighs> you know what? Okay, before because I know y'all probably about to hear a side, and I've been talking good about Animusha pretty much the whole season but in this case i'll be breaking down the, or not breaking down really we're not gonna go super deep into it but i mean the last two episodes of the season for me did let me down kind of man i ain't going front like it's not that i didn't like the episodes um it's not that i didn't enjoy like seeing yemon's uh coming of age uh, with de- dealing with the the samurai that took him in and him learning and growing um, and kind of like coming to the realization that he wanted to exterminate all the samurai. Um, him kind of becoming what he sort of wanted to get rid of, but maybe evolving to another point. The conversation that he had about um, uh, exterminating the samurai, you know, with under the... Uh, the cover of night with the um with the the cloud covering the moon um us seeing kojiro in his attack um and how that played out amongst you know the rest of the episode um and then also um finding out like the oni were originally killed by the Gidma, um or at least that being said all of that played in well and i thought it was cool um i did enjoy seeing them battling the zombie hordes i thought that was fun um but somehow it didn't seem as exciting or as high stakes as the first say six episodes i felt that we were building up to something i don't know more spectacular more dramatic uh more stakes filled we ended up having uh some real good fights like um you see um musashi's oni trans uh, transformation which i thought was really cool um of course uh kojiro coming through and yemon saying you know hey the real game begins now like after after he died because when he died i was thinking oh, okay well i guess that's it right there's nothing else to go but seeing you know the final battle playing out from the kind of, I guess, you know, Roman Colosseum kind of area, going down into the depths, then coming up further up to like a higher ground and keep playing with those different elements. It was cool for me. Straight up, like I didn't mind at all. Like the fights were cool. The Sayo part was was fine. You know, like it all was okay, but I don't, I don't think it hit me the way the first six episodes hit me. It seemed like we were climbing further and further into something that was really going to blow me away, really going to take my attention um, and my my focus to another level concerning their their dire straits or the the. You know the the depression or the emotion or the love or the hate they were feeling and i would be on the edge of my seat 
and I ended up just kind of being like, oh, okay, you know, cool. You know what I mean? I don't, I don't feel they did anything spectacular to really bring the show home. Now, um, <laughs> I do like how they left it open because we really don't know where Musashi is or isn't. Also, it was nice to see Sayo got that. She, she brought out the brick, though. She, she brought a brick of gold. She made sure that, you know, she got paid. She got paid real quick. Um, sadly, Sahe, uh, he switched sides at the very end, unfortunately. And <laughs> I, I, I felt a little bit bad for your boy, Musashi, because I was like, look, y'all gonna stop calling me old. You know what I'm saying? Like, how, how many times you gonna call me old and I still, still keep killing y'all young dudes? Like, y'all, y'all gonna have to respect this game. Like, y'all gonna have to straight respect it. But, all in all, it just didn't, it didn't really throw me over the way I thought it would. And I really hoped that it would, and it just didn't play out for me in, in any kind of dramatic way. And I was just like, oh, it's cool, it's okay. As a whole, do I think I would watch Animusha again, like say if they bring out the second season. Yeah, I think there's, you know, for, for having six episodes that I really like and then two that I'm like, all right, you know what I'm saying? I definitely come back for more, but I just felt a sort of deflation at the end of the season. And I was just like, oh, all right, well, I guess, you know, I guess it is what it is. You know what I'm saying? What can you do? So uh from the from the samurai extermination which i thought we could have seen some of i thought that would have been cool to see some of that um but we did get a big battle uh kind of interspersed with zombie attacks as well which was cool it just didn't really hit me the way i thought it would um so you know I me mean? hey let me know your thoughts on that one animusha it's still you still okay in my book you just ended up at like a say like a b minus when i was when you was in a territory at first now speaking of a territory we got boy pluto Shh. uh this case i'll be talking about episode seven but bruh i like the play from tenma where he says basically when he does wake up he may be the devil talking about like dealing with all of those um all of those like different personalities inside of the robot at one time but the the emotional part of this episode is all centered around epsilon man um epsilon we get to see his relationship with the adopted children um and you know his his party uh that they're throwing for him the gifts that he get they gave him you know since his power comes from the sun they made him the sun they they went a long way to make uh us connect even further with epsilon and his children which made me think they gonna die and they didn't i'm like thank god you know epsilon made it now we'll talk about something else later but i mean we think about this we've already seen adam fall to a certain degree um we've seen your boy uh gazette fall and now it seems like it's Epsilon's turn, right? But here we, in in a way where we didn't get an Animusha, we get here. Because we have a straight up for real battle between, and, and some stakes. Because 
we basically take Epsilon away and we like, yo, everything gonna be good. I'm gonna protect the kids and psych. Nah, man, Pluto coming after the chillings. All right. And the the battle between them and also the battle over um, Pluto's mind where he's like, look, like, you know, like you don't have to do this. Even even with him not having really the respect of the the other troops since he did not fight in the uh, in the 39th Central Asian War, him kind of fighting for Pluto's mind, being like you know kind of like you don't have to do this kind of thing, and still using some restraint where he could have destroyed him, it came in handy to a certain degree. We do see you know um, Abula still. Abula's still out there. He needs to be dealt with quickly. We'll probably see what happens in the last episode. But uh, finding out Vasily or Vasily's uh, kind of past and how he could have died, but Epsilon saved him. The whole thing about Bora um, and seeing that safe house get attacked where we are not only losing kind of time, but we're, lo- we're losing men and losing time fast. I mean, they took out all of the troops. There was like one, one troop left, I think, or one serviceman left, and they went back to protect the kids at the, you know, at Epsilon's house. So, you know, this this Pluto, uh, I guess you could say, person slash weapon, is really not only a problem for the robots it's coming up against, but a problem for the, you know, the the public at large, and. That that whole thing where they they came to get uh, Vasily for for the payment, like you knew it was dirty, like you you knew it was dirty. But all in all, this episode with Epsilon earning the respect of the the military men uh, that he had fought with due to him saving his life and standing up for these kids and being there when he they needed him most, um, also not shying from that fight. Adam now returning, he's new. Um, but also hearing that kind of like the earth is going to shatter. So we don't really know what that does, where that puts us. And if you know, let me know in the comments where this is chronologically in terms of the Astro Boy storyline, like where it falls in, because I don't know a lot about Astro Boy except like the old cartoon I've seen a couple of episodes. I remember the movie they came out in like, I don't know, 2005 or something like that, whenever that was. You know, so I remember small things about it, but I was not like a huge Astro Boy fan. But I know that this is set in that, you know, in that uh, in that world. So I would like to know kind of like where it lands chronologically. Um, but this is the episode that, that has me hyped for the finale because I really don't know what's going to happen. I mean, Adam is here, Gazette is gone, but maybe can come back. We don't know, because Dr. Tenma, we don't know what he can and can't do when it comes to his his abilities now, as far as being able to be creative with how to renew and restore the minds of, you know, a lot of these robots. So, man, I'm, I'm all ears, all eyes on this next episode to see how it plays out, because I'm super stoked. I love Pluto. Man, I... I like the trailer, but I did not think I was going to like the show this much. I really do, man. So, of course, let me know what you think about that, man, because I'm I'm all about this show, and I'm ready for this finale. For real, for real. We'll be talking about that next week. But um, speaking about finales and what's upsetting me, 
is that girl Mizu and Blue Eye Samurai. Bruh, look. Man. Yo, all right. Okay. First off, this episode, uh, I'm talking about episode six. Seeing the opening, like the, the ninja garden, going in the catacombs, lock picking, all of that was cool. Like this very like covert, you know, Mission Impossible stuff. I thought that was fly. The way they played that was awesome. Then seeing her and her determination being a one, bruh. Homegirl took like a like a didn't she take an arrow to the foot or to the leg or something? She kept trudging on. She got ambushed at the entryway. Didn't stop her. Homegirl is like the Terminator out these streets. And I mean, Fowler, Fowler talking to the um the the shoguns, like kind of like traitors that's there with him. And him talking about he wants to kill thousands. And they were like, what? I thought you only wanted to kill like a couple people. Like, nah, man, look, one thing we do, we kill. You know what I'm saying? And it seems like he has not met his match yet because, well, you know what? I'll back that up. I'll touch on that in a second because maybe he has met his match. It's just a little different. But one thing I think that's cool is that (laughs) we get to see the real pain Mizu is dealing with. Homegirl took a full break in the kitchen. <laughs> Yo, Shorty was like, I um let me let me get a breathe. Let me get something to drink real quick. Let me, you know, let me let me relax. Let me take a step back. Because Homegirl gets ambushed, uh had to like kind of like steal her own sword back, sort of, because she had to like pull it to herself. She had to um use uh grenades and stuff to beat the the kind of like um I guess the narcotics that they put her under with the monkeys. And after that, like, those, I mean, those flowers had her tripping for a minute. I mean, honestly, the flowers had her tripping for the rest of the, the rest of the time there. But her taking a break in the kitchen just signaled to me like, yo, she is really on her game. And she is really like, she is really experienced. She's getting hit hard out here. And I love that. I, I truly love that. Now, um, Tigan. Tiger being like, I hate you when she finally got him out of the cell. I thought that was funny, man. Like, like that whole like can you walk thing. I like like I truly enjoyed their back and forth and how their relationship has changed um over time. Um but the the battle between the giant and Mizu along with the vampires, quote vampires with the uh with the with the flowers kind of putting her in that hallucination. That whole animation was sick. Like, man, yo, top notch. Like, straight up, top notch. I, the the hallucination stuff can sometimes play off corny, but here, yo, it really got me. I was, I was all in. I'm still excited about what's coming next. Also, the bomb to the neck, bruh, yo. Mizu is, she is nothing if not resourceful. Like this season has been top notch for real. I, I'd say right now, as long as they stick the landing for um, the finale, I'd put this definitely above um, 
definitely above Animusha. Where at first I thought, like from the trailers, I was thinking Animusha would be better, but I'm definitely enjoying this more. Um, the now I, there's of course we get back into anime world where Shorty scaled a wall with a grown man on her back. Do you know how heavy that is? <laughs> like, all right, let's say let's say Tigan's coming in at around like let's say 180, 200 even something like that. And you're climbing on a wall that isn't built for climbing. It's just kind of like a flat wall. Now, I mean, of course, there's probably, you know, inconsistencies and stuff, what you can stick your fingers in. But, bruh, do you know the grip strength this girl got to have? Like, bruh, I didn't know she was a, a natural rock climber, too, bruh. Now, of course, we got to, you know, it's it's TV. We got we to gotta let it slide. But it's still what I was like. I was like, bruh, do you know how heavy that dude probably is? <laughs> Oh man, but I love I loved everything with with the uh the scaling of the wall and how she killed those two shogun dudes. I thought that was awesome too. Um now here's what I'm talking about Fowler's attack and him saying me saying maybe he's made his match and then like maybe not, I'm not sure. And the reason I say that is because like we hmm, we see Tigan and, Mu- and and Mizu go after Fowler, but neither of them are at a hundred percent. Like, of course, Tigan's been tortured for I don't know, like a couple days. I don't really, I can't remember. It's TV time. They get funny about that stuff. But let's say he's been tortured for a couple days. He's definitely malnourished. He's they're not feeding him. You know, you know, he's not getting Ruth's Chris a la carte, and um, he's not getting Morton Steakhouse. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, he's definitely malnourished. Um, he's been tortured, so he probably got a broken bone or two, maybe some internal bleeding, I don't know. And then you got Mizu. She she just got beat up, blown up, thrown all across the place, got a arrow through her leg or something, whatever. So neither of these people are their their, you know, their top top of their game. So Fowler may have met his match. I am mad that they had to run away and escape, but I see why sometimes you have to regroup, but it's just, it's so hard to get in that castle, man. I don't think you ever going to get another chance. <sighs> that said, this was a heck of an episode, man. For real. I loved every minute of it. Yo, Mizu is, Mizu is straight up the Terminator in this. For real, for real. And in a very good way. She is the Terminator. And I, I'm so happy that we got this show. But um, I'm going to move on to another show that has really surprised me this year, which is Scavenger's Reign. Um, in this episode, uh, this one, episode seven, where we finally get, you know, um, you know, kind of like, that's not what we came here for. We came here to essentially like loot your, loot your ship. But, you know, we'll give you a ride kind of thing. Um, because you know these people did hear you know did hear her um her distress call her meaning ozzy and terrence chris and barry come to you know kind of see what's going on um unfortunately they should get blown up because that huge creature is just i I don't know what the deal is like that that huge creature i don't know if he's feeding or it's feeding off of the memories of Cayman or if it's slowly becoming Cayman I don't they're not in a good way they're not explaining exactly what's going on and this whole planet is just so uniquely weird and also dangerous where I 
I don't know what in the world to do because we it's it's almost like the planet is not going to let anyone leave like we um sam uh sam does get cured he gets awakened but we don't know what that woman put in sam that little seed or something she put in his chest we have no idea and then also the the woman is apparently i guess not real really alive because it seemed like she was essentially being puppeted by that plant alien thingy that had her had its hooks in like her back and so yo this planet is y'all gotta get off this planet like straight up y'all gotta get to the demeter turn on anything y'all can y'all gotta get out of this like bruh it's there's nothing good on this planet like every time you turn around it's something like you know something dangerous whether it's like from a from a viral standpoint or just straight up predatory you know tigers or something like this not even tigers it's like this crazy weird vulture spider thingies just look we gotta get about this planet but we learn through this through this episode that one cool thing about this planet if you can find it if you can learn enough is that everything on this planet has a a balancing mechanic like you know we had the 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 little clone stuff in sam's arm the well i guess not a medicine woman now because she's definitely not alive so whatever that plant was knew exactly what was needed to to fix him and just like when um ozzy had those swords on her when she went in the water and those little fish or whatever ate the little swords away so even though this planet is extremely dangerous at least there are countermeasures and counterbalances for everything the only thing is how are you going to find them by chance i mean how many people by chance would find this stuff you know what i'm saying so this this planet and it's very unique ecosystem is another beautiful i mean when you add on to like the mobius style of art and everything this is this is like killer animation the weird thing is that this is on max and max does have some dope uh you had um primal primal was on max primal is really awesome so like there's not there's not a i guess a a way to describe how i guess how little faith i had in this show being good <laughs> since it was on max but i will admit max has primal which i really dug actually the whole reason i got introduced to jujutsu kaisen was on max um and now scavenger's reign which has turned out to be you know intriguing at the very least every episode i gotta give it up man max does have some joints i don't know if it has enough to you know really i guess prop up and you know validate the cost of it but that's a whole nother thing you know what i'm saying but the like from seeing that the you know the the native part of this is almost maybe helpful maybe but there's definitely other creatures like the one that has came in inside of it that's just destroying things just for the sake of it 
Because, I mean, that, that ship really didn't have anything, you know, at all to do with the creature. I was surprised that the creature didn't just walk by it and just keep on going. But it's maybe it's the memory of Cayman wanting to destroy the original ship because it kind of played that back. So with something like this, um, I of course, I still definitely recommend it, man. Scavenger's Reign is, is awesome. I don't think they're going to get off this planet. I don't know if this is supposed to be a limited series or not, or, a, you know, a mini series, but I don't think they're going to make it off this planet alive, which sadly uh, doesn't bode well for our, well, I don't know if I'd say heroes, for our one protagonist and the other people or two or three protagonists, everybody else is just like random people that they ain't really good or bad, they sort of just there. Oh. Uh, lastly, I want to talk about the, the episode of Revenger, which is um, dealing mostly with Neo. And this is, um, what is it? Uh, episode five, where you get the Doan company and the way they deal with their, I guess you could say their carnival of different attractions, where we find out the dude, um, I'm trying to remember his name, um, I can't remember his name right now, but the the Doan um, company, the uh, the head guy is just kidnapping kids. Like whenever he sees any kids that are weird or unique looking, he just kidnaps them. And like I guess since since we're dealing with that certain period in history where there's not really a organized way to go after it and stop it, like dudes just kidnapping kids, like just you know taking them. And we find out that Neo is a child that was taken and uh what is it uh Ewan saying like yo Neo is not a thing for me to give you or for you to take and you know you don't get to just you know take children or come and you know receive that what you want and things of that nature Neo is a person that deserves to have a life you know a a good life and we we do see Neo kind of, you know, she kind of plays with the books a little bit, but she's right. We don't ask where these gold coins come from. We just get the coin and we go. So, you know, Neo has a point in this. Like, yo, one, we don't ask where we get these gold coins. Why we got to ask now? Also, even though you didn't like how it went down, like, you could have been killed this dude you could have been stopped this stuff and she's right like you knew you could have been did this why you why you sit around and wait until i did it so i'm i'm on i'm on neo's side with this like yeah she had to do some dirt to get it done but this dude has been kidnapping kids now i mean of course people say you know well you know they um they have a better life here than in the mountain it's like mm, i mean do they though because even though they're in the mountains and they have to kind of like hunt and stuff for their own food, they also aren't living in cages and getting beat up by random people that, you know, just want to use them for money. So, no, you can you can miss me with that. This whole that's a very that's a very WS look at things where it's like, oh, well, you know, if it wasn't for us, you wouldn't be civilized kind of thing. It's like, no, just because we don't do what you do doesn't mean that we're uncivilized. But this episode was one that I thought we one we got back into the action.
because we got to see a team battle, um, which was awesome. We got a two-on-two with uh, Soji, um, and uh, I can't remember his name now, but Soji against the knife thrower. And then, of course, we got a fire breather who ended up blowing up. That was cool. And then we got a test of strength. So we got some good wrestling. We got some good knife fights. And we got a little sword action in there, too. Don't sleep. So this was a good episode to get back into that action and also a way to start asking some moral questions about what they do. And then also saying, if we're not going to ask questions about what we do, then let's not start now. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, I agree with you, Neil. Like, don't be up in my face asking me where I got this gold coin. We don't never ask about gold coins. Don't be asking about them now. So, with that said, holler at me. I'm going to holler at you down in the comments. Let's talk about, of course, Scavenger's Reign, Revenger. Uh, we can talk about Jujutsu Kaisen, even though I cover that kind of another episode. But Pluto, Animusha, any of those joints. If there's another show that you're watching you think it's real cool, let me know. I mean, there might be something that, that I just ain't up on. Or maybe I like, haven't, you know, really regarded it yet. And you know what I'm saying? Maybe I was sleeping. So, of course, until the next time that you have to make sure that you can cover your backside because you're trying to get away from a crazy castle full of killer monkeys and and vampires and huge giants with bats. It's for me to you just saying, peace.